Shalom, I'm Rabbi Scott. Welcome to the ministry of Beth Yeshua Messianic Synagogue in Fort Myers, Florida. We hope and pray that this teaching will be a blessing to you. If you would like to support our ministry, please go to our website, www.bethyeshuafla.com to donate online, or we can accept your donation over text. Please text the word GIVE to the number 239-747-7526. Thank you for your support. Blessings and Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. It is good to be here with you all. It is good to be in the house of Adonai on this day. There is, there is much discussion and speculation in the world during these days. What's going on? Where are we? And, and what's happening in the world? What, where are we? And some of that sort of speculation is in the political arena. Some of it's in the newscasting arena. Some of it's in the spiritual arena. There's much discussion about the goings-on of life in these days. There's much perplexity in people's minds. What do we do and how do we do this and where do we go from here? What's happening? I want to uh, discuss something with you from a a certain perspective on the current times, on on where we are at in the world today. Um, Because I, I don't want us to miss anything. And yet I also don't want us to, by our fear or by our drama, turn the current events into something that they're not. And we run the risk of becoming alarmist to ourselves and, and contributing to just more confusion and panic and, and uh, chaos. And I want to avoid that. However, um, there are very real things happening in the world today. And I, I wanted to, to look at the world in a certain light. So let's begin. Consider the flood. Uh, the great flood, of course, the flood of, of Noah's day. What is the essence of the flood? What, what essentially is a flood? A flood is an abundance of water causing the water levels to rise. And it says that the water levels rose to the point that even the mountains were overflooded. So that was the, the dramatic essence of the flood, the great flood, that even the mountains were covered. What is the panic of the day of our day? One of, the, one of the voices of panic that we hear has to do with global warming. What is the concern about global warming? It isn't just that, uh, that uh, temperatures are going to rise by one or two or five or 10 degrees, which if they are accurate would be cataclysmic across the world. But what is the effect of that temperature rise? It is raising the oceans, raising the water levels albeit perhaps only by 30 or 50 or 100 feet, but that would be cataclysmic here in southwest Florida. We're, we're lucky if we have 100 feet, the highest point in, in some of our counties. They say that the, 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 uh, the highest point in, in Miami-Dade County is the city dump, Mount Trashmore. Um, so so do you, what I want you to do is just see the connection, the parallel. The greatest, one of the greatest destructions, greatest judgment in the history of mankind, the Great Flood, And here in our day, we're dealing with a fear of a little flood. 
All right, next. Consider Sodom. What was the essence of the judgment of Sodom? It was fire out of the heavens. Fire came down out of the heavens. And what was the, the extent of that? It destroyed a city, complete city. Um, what did we see this last summer? Record-breaking record wildfires. I told you, some of you here, that when I was young, I grew up in the woods, and we lived in this little valley back in the backside of the hills in, in southern Oregon. Uh, very isolated, very remote. And the, the, the forest fires of this summer came within uh, less than 1,000 feet of my boyhood home. Home survived, but many of the homes did not. What did we see this summer? Record-breaking wildfires that, that actually a couple cities were, were actually severely damaged. Certainly not on the scale of Sodom, but do you see a little judgment? Consider Egypt. What was the method of the judgment in Egypt? Was it not the plagues? We had the nine little plagues. Uh, Nile turned to blood, darkness, cattle, lice, etc. Right? And then we had the, the big plague, the plague of the firstborn. The very, one of the most major supernatural events in the history of mankind, once again, the death of all the firstborn that had to have reconfigured society. Just consider it from a legal standpoint, right? The eldest brother owns the property. The eldest brother's died. Where does the property go? Oh, I went to go talk to my lawyer, but he just had a death in his family. Or maybe multiple, because it's his firstborn son and perhaps his father, if his father was firstborn. I mean, you see that the, 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 the amount of death in people's lives would have been incredible. It would have reconfigured. Society would have stopped. And what happened on that night? The people of Israel were told to shelter in place. You recognize that phrase? People of Israel were put into lockdown. And they did it. But also, it says on that night, even Egypt was in their homes until there was a wailing that had never been heard of before. The people of Israel, they were protected from the plague. The people of Egypt were not protected because they didn't have the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their houses. But what does that remind you of? It reminds you a little of COVID. We're all sheltering in our houses somewhat, sheltering in place somewhat. And some of us are getting the plague and some of us are not. But aren't we all just kind of waiting to see what happens? much like Israel and Egypt on that night. What is the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of our houses, on the doorposts of our hearts? It's the same blood of the same lamb. It is the blood of Yeshua. It is the blood of Yeshua that protects you from the same plague. The plague of Egypt was the collection of the firstborn. The plague of COVID was an attack on all of us. So what do we see? We see these major judgments Destruction, woe, calamity in history. Calamities rain down upon people, unparalleled in history. The flood, rising waters, the fire of Sodom, the confusion of Babel, the plague of Egypt of the firstborn. All these judgments are also likewise being echoed in our modern day experience. Except it's like we're being given judgments in baby steps. 
It's like we're being given warnings. Not the real thing. It's not full on. But it ought to get our attention. Let me ask you, do I have your attention? Global warming with melting ice and glaciers, raising water levels, does that get your attention? Fires across the country, does that get your attention? A nation that has elevated lying and false representations as a means to an end in all of government and societal life, does that get your attention? Plagues and diseases. We have seen bubonic, smallpox, yellow fever, diphtheria, measles throughout history, cholera. In just the last 40 years, starting in about 1980, we had HIV, dengue fever, SARS, Ebola, MERS, bird flu, etc. But statistically, if you throw out HIV, the numbers of fatalities are still rather low from the plagues and infectious diseases. In fact, starting in 1855 to 1960, we had 12 million that died from the plague, 65 million that died from influenza, and 2 million that died from, uh, from cholera. In 1918, influenza claimed as much as 5% of the world's population. By comparison, COVID has claimed around 1.5 million with 285,000 in the USA, and even those numbers are discussed and disputed. So why is it that there is so much fear of COVID if, in comparison with statistical history, it seems that it's a minor blip. If we've lost well over 100 to 150 million people to other outbreaks in the last 100 years, 150 years, why is it that one and a half million raises so much of our fear? Were any of you afraid of Ebola or SARS or dengue fever or HIV in the last year? Perhaps you were, but certainly not on the level that we're all afraid of COVID. Now, there's some discussion of that. Yeah, COVID is a new thing. We're not sure what it does. It's miserable when people die from it. It has terrible um, effects and, and uh, is a very deadly disease. I give you that. What I want to do, though, is I want to ask you, why does it create so much fear? There's two possible reasons that I see. The first reason that, that COVID creates so much fear is because world powers are cultivating fear. They're stirring up fear. They're propagating fear. And, and we could discuss that. And, and you're probably right. There's some world powers that have an agenda that is furthered by the people's fear of COVID. That's probably something that's happening in the background. But there's another reason that I believe. It's a spiritual reason. I believe the reason that we are so rattled and shaken by COVID, I believe that the reason that we have so much fear is because the Ruach, the Spirit of God, is breathing across the land and he's warning us. Because prior to judgment, Adonai allows repentance. Jonah preached repentance to Nineveh. Noah built the ark as a warning to the people. The angels went to Sodom to try to warn the people and to give them a chance to repent. Yochanan, John, the Mercer, the baptizer in Greek, preached repentance. Yeshua preached 
Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. These are the warnings that are issued. These are the shots across the bow that Adonai always gives the people of the world prior to his judgment. There is fear in our society. There's global fear. There is now a booming business catering to what is called preppers, people who are preparing for the coming apocalypse, the complete breakdown of society. If you are wealthy enough, there are people who will build you a Cold War-style bunker that you can live out your days, you and a few small, few friends, perhaps. So here's my premise this morning. What if the fear that is in society as a whole is a reaction that is causing us, it's a reaction to the circumstance, a reaction to, to, to COVID. COVID is real, I'm not minimizing COVID. But our fear of COVID and the judgment, the possible judgment that is underneath COVID, what if Adonai is using that to get our attention? From 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. At the revelation of the Lord Yeshua from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire he will command judgment on those who do not know God and do not heed the good news of our Lord Yeshua. They will pay the price of eternal ruin away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. On that day when he comes to be glorified among his kedoshim, his holy ones, and marveled at by all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. There's two parts of this passage. The first part is the woe and doom that is due for those who do not know God and do not heed the good news of Yeshua. It says here, they will pay the price of eternal ruin away from the presence of the Lord. And yet on that day, his, his holy ones, the Kedoshim, he'll be glorified among them. But the people of earth who do not heed the good news of Yeshua, what is their response to this judgment? Revelation chapter 6, verse 15, then the kings of the earth and the great men, the military camp commanders, the rich and the mighty and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they tell the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of the wrath has come and who is able to stay? Now, have you heard anyone speaking this way? Nobody's running into caves. Nobody's asking the mountains to fall on them. Nobody's quite gone that far yet with our panic and our distress at the current day. The most alarmist thing you've probably heard is shelter in place, stay at home. What was that sign? Stay home, stay safe. <laughs> Lockdown, cancel Thanksgiving. Cancel your holidays, cancel Christmas, cancel Hanukkah. Because that's what's necessary. We're not quite there. We're not quite there in the total panic of begging the mountains and the rocks to fall on us. We're not quite there at the last days of judgment. So where are we? What is, what, where, where is our current point then? Luke chapter 21 Verse 25, there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth. Nations will be confused by the roaring of the sea 
and its waves. You ever been in a flash flood? When the rain comes down the mountain canyons, what is it that you notice first? You hear the sound of rushing, and you know you're in trouble. Ever been in a tsunami? What is it you hear first? The rushing. Or a tornado. You hear the rushing. You hear the sound of impending doom. Upon the earth, nations will be confused by the roaring of the sea and its waves. Verse 26, people will lose heart from fear and anticipation of what is overcoming, overtaking the earth. Let me read that again. People will lose heart from fear and anticipation of what is overtaking the earth. Nations will be confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves like a tsunami. Nations will lose their heart. They will lose their resolve. They will lose their strength. Does that not describe what's happening these days? It isn't just COVID that we're afraid of in our society, right? It's, it's not just the COVID that is. It's the COVID that might be. We're not afraid of one and a half million people dying. We're afraid of 100 million or 200 million or a billion. It's, it's always anticipation of what might be. It's worry and fear about what could be. It's about what could come. And yet, that is the judgment of Adonai. At some point, we are on that trajectory. What is coming is a real judgment. There is a coming frenzy. Right now, the pot is on the boil. The pot is on the stove. It's going to boil over. There will, there will be a day of woe and calamity. It is promised and it is assured. There will be a day when emotions come to fevered pitch. Right now, we're seeing panic and we're seeing uh, anxiety on a societal level, and it's bad. I'll give you that. But I'm suggesting to you that maybe what we see today is a warning of what's to come. Did you think, oh man, that you could stop the judgment of Adonai? You can hardly contain and defeat a common cold virus, let alone COVID and influenza. And COVID has perplexed, perplexed us. It has stymied us. They say they're working on a vaccine. We'll see how it works. The common cold has perplexed us for as long as I know, documented Western civilization, 200 years, 300 years. I don't think COVID is the judgment of Adonai. But I think it is being used as a warning of what will happen. Because when Adonai really judges, there's two things that happen. There is destruction. When Adonai brings real judgment, there's destruction. And there's complete repentance. I have yet to see either complete destruction or complete repentance in response to COVID. We, we've seen some destruction. We've seen some people's lives ruined. We've seen some people whose lives have failed and, and they've passed away. Yes, it's real. I'm not denying that it's real. But it's not the 200 million killer 
that we're all afraid that it might be. Do you see what's happening there? It's not the complete wrath of God apocalyptic Hollywood blockbuster movie script. But even in response to this, COVID, neither is our repentance complete. Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 5. While some were talking about the temple, how it was decorated with beautiful stones and offerings, Yeshua said, As for these things you are looking at, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. Every one will be torn down. Herod built this incredible temple, even more majestic and incredible than Solomon's temple. Herod built this incredible, beautiful temple to honor God. It was the place of the sacrifices. It was a place of worship. It fulfilled its work. It was an incredible sight to behold. And they were marveling about it. And Yeshua said, as for these things you're looking at, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. Every student of history knows that in another 40 years, his words were true. That uh, the, the Romans destroyed the temple along with the rest of Jerusalem and all of its inhabitants. Now, if Adonai is willing to let the Beit HaMikdash, albeit Herod's version of it, if Adonai was willing to let that be destroyed, What do you think of the institutions that you've created? You people with your Western civilization. If Adonai was willing that the Beit HaMikdash, that means the, the, the house of his presence, the house of his holiness. If Adonai was willing that that be destroyed, what do you think he's willing to let happen to the Constitution of the United States? Do you marvel at the accomplishment of our times, of the work of mankind in the world, of modern society, with its sewer systems and water systems and transportations and economics and wealth and leisure and food? We have created wealth and luxury never seen in the history of the world. Can you even imagine what it would look like for all that work of mankind to be undone? Can you even describe that to yourself? Ayn Rand wrote a book, uh, she wrote many books actually. One of them is called Atlas Shrugged. One of the characters in the book, Atlas Shrugged, is John Galt. And John Galt said, I paraphrase, I broke the engine of the world. Can you imagine if the engine of the world was broken? Civilization, the mechanics, the logistics of how we live could be disassembled in a few hours, literally. They questioned him. They questioned Yeshua, saying, Teacher, when will these things happen? What will be the sign that these things are about to take place? The Talmudim here are actually really thinking about warnings and cautions. They're expecting a warning. Let us know about when that's going to happen. What does Yeshua say? He says, Watch out that you're not led astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, verse 8. The time is near. Do not follow them. Many will come in my name says Yeshua. 
Now, in our modern day, we have very few people who say things like, I am Jesus, come and follow me. Occasionally you see that. Somebody will set up some weird, crazy group in the desert somewhere and proclaim themselves as the Messiah and people will follow them. Okay, but, but that's, that's kind of a minor thing. But, but actually what we do see is people proclaiming knowledge in the name of Yeshua. Now people will, will, will claim prophecies in the name of Yeshua. It says, many will come in my name, saying this, the time is near. Do not follow them. As we close out 2020, do you remember the prophecies in December and January of last year about the year 2020? This is the year of vision. Didn't see this coming. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw this coming. Sorry. That's a year of vision, all right. Luke chapter 3, verse 15. The people were filled with expectation and were all wondering in their hearts about John, whether he might be the Messiah. John answered them all, saying, As for me, I immerse you with water, but one who is coming is mightier than I am. Not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals, he will immerse you in the Ruach HaKodesh and fire. Yeshua is coming. They were all waiting for the Mashiach the first time. We're all waiting for him the second time. Everyone's pretty much solid on anticipating that Yeshua is going to come in the clouds. But what we do have is we have people looking for the prophetic power of the Spirit, the salvation according to the revival of Yeshua. And we end up running here and there for the revivals. Verse 23 of Matthew chapter 24, If anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders so as to lead astray if possible even the chosen. See, I've told you beforehand. So if they say, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For our time, for these days, it could be read, look, here's the revival of the Messiah. Here's the power of the Messiah. Here's the move of the Messiah. Look, I found the, the move of the Spirit is happening over there. It's in that room. It's in that group. We are expecting the revival to come to some city or some state. There will be a revival, but it will be characterized by repentance and holiness from the leadership down to the people, from the greatest to the least of them. The true revival will be a revival of repentance and holiness. Well, let's continue. Luke 21. Verse 9, when you hear of wars and chaos, do not be terrorized, for these things need to happen first, but the end will not come at once. Yeshua is speaking here of wars and chaos. Do we have chaos? Absolutely. In our election, chaos in our cities, violence and riots, things have calmed down a little bit in our cities. What is chaos? Chaos is the absence of law, the absence of order. And we have an abundance of lawlessness, first in some of our city streets, but also in almost every level of government and society. Continuing chapter 21 of Luke, verse 10, he continued telling them, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes along with famines and epidemics in various places. Uh, there will be terrors along with great signs from heaven. 
But before all these things, they will grab you and persecute you, handing you over to the synagogues and prisons and leading you away to kings and governors on account of my name. This will lead you to be a witness. This is where we turn the corner. Verse 13, this will lead you to be a witness. Yes, I believe COVID is very real and we take such precautions as we think are prudent and are good. But I have to ask the terrible question. If we can't even show up in our congregations to worship, to assemble because of fear, then where are we going to get the courage to be a witness and testimony? This is where I think we need to be, verse 14. So make up your minds not to prepare ahead of time to defend yourselves. In other words, make up your mind, set your resolve. How are we going to respond to the discussion on the table today? How shall we defend ourselves? Shall we stockpile food? Shall we all buy those, what are those air dryer things? Get a generator and 20 gallons of gasoline. Will that be your guide when they come to you in fear and panic? Will that be the answer that you have when they ask what is your explanation? All creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed in order that all creation might hear, that all creation might know. Don't you know that you are marked by Adonai with the presence of the Ruach? Don't you know that you are marked by Adonai that all can identify you as part of his kingdom? Are you prepared to give an answer when they come to you? What will your answer be? Will it be 50 pounds of rice and 50 gallons of water? Is that really going to be it? Look what Yeshua says, verse 15. Verse 14 Make up your minds not to prepare ahead of time to defend yourself. Verse 15, for I myself will give you speech and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. That's truth. Not another political argument. Not another political discussion. I enjoy discussions. I enjoy viewpoints of all sides. I, I, I just enjoy that sort of dynamic of considering things. And sometimes I'm so open-minded, I get myself in a little trouble because, yeah, talk to me. Tell me what you think. I'll, I'll listen. But it says here that I myself, Yeshua says, will give you speech and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Be prepared in word and in deed to speak wisdom to this generation. And, and truth. Verse 16, you'll be handed over even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They'll put some of you to death, and you'll be hated by all because of my name. Yet not a hair on your head will be lost. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Yes, some of us will be put to death. Some of us will pay the ultimate price when persecution comes. Are we prepared for that? Obviously not. I don't think anyone's ever prepared to be a martyr. I think that's a little absurd. And, and by the grace of God, I, I can't even tell you with absolute assurance that I will speak the right words in that moment if it comes to me. Perhaps my faith will fail. Perhaps I will betray. Perhaps I will fail him who never failed me. That is a possibility. It's happened to greater men than I. 
But by his grace, he will keep me and prepare the words that he has for me to say in that moment. And that's what I cling to even now. Notice the emphasis on being prepared to speak, being prepared to defend ourselves. But the kingdom of Adonai is so afraid to attend the holy convocations because they might get a virus and get sick and die. I don't want anybody to die. Why is it that some were willing to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, paying the price with their lives if necessary, and we admired them as noble? But our generation is afraid to go to their churches and synagogues because we might die from a virus. This is the truth. If you have health complications and you feel that it's too risky for you to come here, I understand that, and that's reasonable. The only thing I'm going to do is ask you to be honest with yourself. Is it here out of anticipation? Is it here out of fear? Is that the reason that you don't come? If you want to argue that I'm comparing apples and oranges, okay, you might be right. I went to get a coffee. Uh, I went to get a cup of coffee one day this week. I was working and I needed a cup of coffee, so I went over to the local store and was in my line with my mask and got up to the counter and I said, <laughs> and she said, it's like Charlie Brown, right? <laughs> Our generation has failed to speak the truth of Adonai. Therefore, Adonai has warned us by giving us muzzles to muffle our words. How do I minister to that young lady behind the counter? How do I speak truth to her? I shout it through my mask? Okay, sure, that works, I guess. Do you see the spiritual thing that's happening here? Do you see the spiritual analogy? We abandon truth. We abandon the words of truth in our society. And for that, yes, I believe Adonai has given us muzzles. But not completely. Right? You can still talk through the mask, right? We can still work our way around it. We can, we can make this work. Don't give up. Go back to that young lady and, and speak to her again. And everybody's wearing one, so nobody thinks it's weird. So it's okay. We're going to figure this out. Yeah, that's, that's how we get by. That's how we accommodate. And I'm, I'm, I'm back at the, at the starting line saying, wait a minute, this should not have been. It's, it's not the COVID. It's not the mask. It's not the muffle. That's, that's not the issue. It's the fact that we abandon truth. And because we abandon truth, Adonai has warned us. We're not totally silenced, but we are muffled. We're supposed to be truth, truth speakers. We're supposed to be speaking truth, the words of Adonai that Yeshua has prepared for me to say. 
but because I exchanged the truth of Adonai with compromises, with words of appeasement, of accommodation, with words that diluted the truth or misrepresented the truth or slanted the truth or biased the truth, then my words became muffled and I became masked. And yet, I'm not completely silenced. Not yet. Awake, O holy ones of Adonai. Awake for the truth that simmers in your hearts. Awake for the words that have been prepared for you. Skipping down to verse 25. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and upon the earth nations will be confused by the roaring of the sea and its waves. People are confused. People are perplexed. And people don't know where to go or what to think or what to believe. But I have the wisdom of Yeshua, the love of Adonai, that is bound up into his truth. I have the order of love. Adonai has given me the message of reconciliation to speak to the captives good news. He has given me the ministry of redemption and healing that will cover nakedness and shame. Verse 26, people will lose heart from fear and anticipation of what is overtaking the earth, the powers of the heavens, will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, stand straight, lift up your heads, because your salvation is near. This ought to be a great encouragement to all of you, but it ought to be a great warning to me if I've surrendered to the mask, if I've surrendered to the muzzle. Yeshua told them a parable, verse 29, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout their leaves, you see it and you know at once that summer is near. So also when you see all these things happening, know the kingdom of God is near. Amen. I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things happen. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. Watch out so that your hearts are not weighed down by carousing, strong drink, the worries of life. Do not let that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come rushing upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Stay alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things about to happen and to stand before the Son of Man. Sometimes you don't have to preach. You just read it. But so that you also hear it from me. May Adonai give us all the courage to live in these days, to be people of truth. I believe there's a warning that is within the times that we live in. May God, by his grace and by his power, overwhelm you that your truth would not be muffled by whatever the constraints of these days are. As we live for truth, and this truth is Yeshua, and him 
sacrifice for our salvation, the restoration and the reconciliation that is ours in Adonai. Shabbat Shalom.